Thank you so much, uh, Sister Yulili. God bless you. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you. And thank you all for coming on. All right. So we will continue tonight by asking for reflection. Uh -oh, what happened? Oh, because I had my hand up so that it cramped up on the right and feet, my hands. Oh, my goodness. Uh, cramped up. Uh, Reflection, please. Hi. Reflection, please. Oh, we'll go first. Good night, Dr. Pauline. Yes, how are you doing, Anish? I'm good. All right, last week um, we looked on blessings and covenant. We're still on covenant. We're still on covenant. So, you know, you, what I have here is that you said we are either the firstborn of wickedness or the firstborn of righteousness. And every word that comes out of our mouth is a seed, so we should say good. And if we say good things, we sow seeds of blessing into people's life. If we say evil things, we sow seeds of cursing into their lives. We were not born sinners, but we were born into a sinful world. You basically touch a little bit on the, the covenant of salt. And you said the salt covenant is a preserved covenant with God. You said that salvation for our souls is a covenant with God. You said one of the things that we should strive for is for winning. We should strive to be winning souls for the kingdom of God. And in doing so, we need to keep the covenant of the Ten Commandments. And if we're guilty of breaking one, we're guilty of breaking all. Um, that's pretty much what I have. And you said that next class, you will speak about the Jacob covenant. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we all appreciate Sister Nish? Thank you, Sister Nish. Who else, please? Who else? Reflection. Okay, seems I have to call me. Sandra. Reflection, please. Sister Bridget. Mrs. Beckett. Wow. So Sydney, she seems she has the only one online tonight. All right. 
Yeah, Venatia is at work. Okay. <coughs> Sister Ulili, are you still there? Reverend Felicia, are you there? Wow. Okay. Since nobody is there, shall we share the grace? <laughs> All right. Since Sister uh, Nish is still there, so I will assume that tonight I only have one student. So Sister Nish is you and me. Okay, Doc. <laughs> All right. Josh is here too, but we're doing homework at the same time. Pardon? Josh is here too, but we are doing homework at the same time. Hello. Oh, okay. Dr. Dr. Pauline, I'm sorry, I won't lie, but something happened to my phone. I was hearing you, but I couldn't get it on speaker. So oh, I'm yeah. very sorry. But oh, I yeah. still have not found my notes, so I'm still looking for it, Dr. Pauline. But I'm here. So no reflection from last week? Yes, Dr. Pauline, I have it in my book and I'm turning pages. Ah, you're we... supposed to remember, which is that you don't go over I, 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 I remembered we spoke about covenant, but I didn't want to say what this are. Um, okay, say what you can remember of head. Say um, what you can remember of head, yeah. Yeah, you, you spoke about um, the, temp the commandments and you did um, speak about um, once we made, um, once if we if we fail one one of the commandments or one of the covenant covenant with God, we have failed all of them as it relates to the Ten Commandments. I remembered um, that, and you spoke about the first bond of righteousness and the first and the first bond of wickedness. I am still looking for my note, Doctor Pauline, but that's what mm -hmm. I remember just now. We are supposed to remember the lesson of her. Yes. But everybody wants to read their notes. Okay. <laughs> it said that the I, I just came, I just got you back because everything went away. <laughs> My food. Yeah, go on. Okay, you said that um the blood of Jesus does not tolerate bitterness, anger, all kinds of sin. We must apply the fruit of the spirit to our life every day. Um, salvation is a correction, and it is from it is found in Luke, but you didn't say Luke what. Um, you also talk about the that's what I have, that's what I've gotten. And then you said that um the Ten Commandments, that is also the covenant because if you, if you mess, mess up one, you mess all. That's what I wrote. <laughs> um, and what else? That's, that's, that's basically, that's what I have. Okay. That's what I have. I don't have a lot. All right. Yes. It's just you have not been writing notes. I have, but it's not to yes last week. I didn't. What I, I, I have is a little. Okay. Who else? Auntie Felicia.
All right. We are in doing covenant. All right. So uh, let's let's make our declaration and continue. One moment, please. Okay. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Gathering of Wisdom Bible Studies. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. To gather wisdom. Together with the wisdom to drink from the well of wisdom, to drink, to drink from the well of wisdom, to receive instruction, to receive instructions, direction, directions, and guidance, and guidance according to the plan and purpose, according to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life. That the, that the Lord, Lord has, has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. <clears throat> so today we will continue from where we stopped last week. We are still looking at how Joseph managed the covenants of God so that the plans and the purpose of God for Israel that was given from the time of Abraham is not lost, is not thrown away, and is not forgotten. So Genesis chapter 48 from verse one says, after this, Joseph was told, behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at loss in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your son, your two sons, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. 
As for me, when I came to Padan, Padanaran, to my, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was still some distance to go to Ephraim, to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given to me, whom God has given me here. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees and he bowed himself with his face on the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward, his, toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me, from all evil, bless the boys, and in them, let my name be carried on, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father, his father laid his hand, his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him and he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, <coughs> not this way, my father, since this one is a firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his offering shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day saying, by you Israel will pronounce blessings saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh, Thus he put Ephraim 
before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Amen. Now, this passage is one of the interesting passages in the Bible, especially in the book of Genesis, where Jacob is about to die. And uh, he sent for his sons. And one thing that is very neat in the Bible that we all should pray that will be, will be where God will tell us before he calls us home. Abraham knew when he was about to go. He called his sons and blessed them. Isaac knew when he was about to go. He called his sons, asked them to do certain, carry out certain responsibilities, and he blessed them before he left. Now, the third generation of Abraham, no, Isaac is the second, as uh, the first generation after Abraham, and then the second is Jacob. Here we see the second generation after Abraham is following the pattern that Abraham laid down. They are aware of when God is calling them to come home, to depart the earth, and the way and manner they say their goodbye is very beautiful. I want to thank God that my dad called me, called all his children, and pronounced blessings upon us before he departed. You know, there are things that we read in the Bible and we say, how can it be? But it does happen that before people depart, the Lord causes them to know that they are departing. And one thing that will cause God to speak to you before you depart, that will cause God to make you aware of the times and seasons of your departure is keeping the covenant. When you keep the covenant, the Lord will remember you. When you keep the covenant, the Lord will cause you to walk through the path he has laid out. That before he calls anybody's home, he makes them aware. And he also causes them to, 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 to arrange their last days, puts their children where they should belong, tell their children about their journey on earth and also bless them 
transfer wealth to the children and bless them. So here we are. Jacob prepares to exit the earth. He gathers himself to bless Joseph, his son. Jacob refers to Joseph as Joseph's sons as his. And uh, he will always also refer to Joseph as my son. That is his son. Your son Joseph has come to you. So even when the other children go to him and want to say anything about Joseph, they start by saying, your son Joseph has come. Your son Joseph is here. That means that Joseph was precious and Jacob made sure he placed Joseph in the place of importance and gave Joseph the honor that he deserved as a respectable son, a son who has kept the covenant, a son who has been obedient, submissive, honorable, a son who has fulfilled the destiny that God gave to him on earth. So these are the points that we have to notice. And everybody make sure, one, Joseph served God honorably. He kept the covenant respectfully. He made sure that he did not break the covenant that the Lord gave to Abraham that was passed on to him by Isaac and his mother and carried on to his father, Jacob. And now he is leaving the covenants. And like I explained last week, I said, the covenant is the promise. The commandment is the guide to the promise. If God gives you a gold, how do you maintain the gold? <laughs> how to, do you maintain the gold? The covenant has to be maintained. And like gold in your hand, how do you maintain it? The commandment teaches you how to maintain the covenant. The commandment is elaborated from Genesis to Revelation. Every book of the Bible displays or demonstrate how the covenant was kept by a generation, how a covenant was managed by a people, a generation, a chosen person, a person that God has mandated, a person that God has given a vision to fulfill, a person that God has sent on an errand. So we should always remember that what made Joseph superior, honorable, a choicest person among his brethren 
is because he kept and maintained the covenant. He kept, maintained, and sustained the covenant. And when we want to see this analysis, we see it how on, on how Jesus appointed Peter. Peter, do you love me? If you love me, keep my covenant. Keep my command. Peter, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. The feeding is where the commandment comes in. It's where the teaching comes in. It's where the knowledge comes in. And it's where the wisdom is made applicable to maintaining and sustaining the covenant. If you don't keep the covenant, you cannot maintain it and sustain it. In order to keep the covenant, you must have knowledge of the word of God. So the knowledge that comes in the 10 commandments instructs us. So the Lord said that it should be bound around our neck. It should be written on the breastplate of our hearts. It should be hung on the doorposts of our homes. And we have to write it wherever possible so we don't forget. And I'm saying the same thing to everybody. Make a note, write today's date. It's not good that when it comes to reflection, everybody is searching for their notes. You have to read it. You have to make sure that you keep it in a way that you don't forget. Keep the word of God. Because when temptation comes, you will not need your notes book before you are able to resist the temptation. When the enemy comes to come and attack, you have to remember what to do. Also, when you go to, uh, for training and you go to work, you don't carry your notebook to work to know how to deal with your patients and how to deal with situation. You remember because you have to write it on the breastplate of your heart. That is why our heart is the place of investment. Out of the belly shall flow rivers of living waters. We must learn to memorize the word of God, which is the commandment of the Lord. Because a time comes when you can't even find the Bible that you owe. There are, you go to the market or you are in the store or you are somewhere on the street something is happening. How would you be able to handle yourself at that time? You have to remember. You have to remember. So I will encourage everybody, try. Since uh, uh, the next seven days, when you will, will come back to reflection, at least as part of your morning devotion, go through your notes. Before you sleep at night, go through your notes. In the afternoon, during your break, go through your notes. You cannot afford to forget the word of God. 
Always go through your notes. Always remind yourself that the covenant is the relationship between us and God. The commandment is the guiding principle that will lead us, that will direct us, that will instruct us, that will enable us to overcome the devil. In Genesis chapter 3, from verse 1 to 5, there was an episode where Satan came and tempted man through the serpent. And when Satan wanted to tempt man, the first thing he did was to ask man about what God has said. What God has said. So if you don't know what the word of God says, how do you defend yourself? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3 for you to know that after you have heard the word of God, you have to keep it. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Has God said, has God said, that is the command. The Lord commanded mankind, thou shall not eat from the tree in the midst of the garden. So when Satan wanted to confuse, Satan would go to the word. So the commandment is the guiding principle to keep the command uh, to keep the covenant. So listen, Satan knew that they have been given a command, the commandment. It's the same thing that we are studying on, on Sunday Bible uh, as Garden of Knowledge. That you have to keep the command. And I'll keep repeating, we have to keep the command. Without the command, you don't have discipline. You don't know how to. Discipline is how to, how to. That is the meaning of discipline, how to obey instruction, how to abide by rules and regulation. For instance, excuse me to make this instance, Donald Trump wants to be president of America. How does he want to rule America when he's now calling for the constitution, which is the law of the land, to be banned, to be removed, to be eliminated? Which means that he's not ready to serve the land. He wants to possess the land as a personal property. Even his own lawyer, said it tonight on TV or to CNN. They asked him, what is the meaning of that? According to him, if Donald Trump is removing, is asking for the, uh, for the constitution to be banned or removed, then he's not qualified to be the next president of the nation or president to be a president at all in this nation. Because without a constitution, how are you going to rule the people? The same way, without the commandments, 
which is the whole of the Bible. How are you going to manage your Christian life? How are you going to walk with God? How are you going to know what God expects you to do at this time and at that time? So we have to make sure that we memorize some of these things. We read over. When we read over and over, like the word of God says, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, yesterday I went to a meeting of ministers and the meeting that was supposed to end in about uh, one and a half hours did not end until about three hours because there is a concern. The concern is that people are no longer reading the Bible. People are figuring out what Christianity should be, how they should do this or do that. They are figuring it out. They are assuming. And everybody is talking about the new generation who are following the new age group. And now they are being promised artificial or euphorial a blessing, the blessings of the world without God. They are being told to do things in a certain way. They are being advised not to belong to any church, but they are belonging, they are initiating them into cults with gifts. They give them iPad, they give them cups, they give them wristwatch, and all these things are demonic gifts that once you receive them, you no longer want to be where God wants you to. You no longer want to have anything to do with the commandment, which is the Bible. And yesterday, some youths were revealing what is going on, especially in colleges, at universities, and among professional people, how they are concocting evil against the word of God. The kind of lifestyle that they are adopting now, and they are using money, cars, worldly gifts to lure them out of the presence of God. So this is where we, those who have decided to be Christians, to be Christ-like, must be conscious of the word of God. And that is one thing that Joseph did in his generation. So Jacob calls for Joseph because he was preparing to die. And like I said, Abraham knew when he was going to die and he called his children and blessed them. Jacob knew when he was going to die and he blessed his children. Now Joseph, uh, uh, sorry, uh, now uh, Isaac know when he wanted to die and when he was going to die and he blessed his children. Now Jacob is also about to die and he's calling his children one by one. But one thing that intrigues me is how they constantly refer to Joseph as Jacob's son. Jacob refers to Joseph as my son, his son. Out of 12 children, he kept referring to Joseph as his son. And when he called for Joseph uh, and Joseph came, he was told, Joseph, your son, has come. And that is 
Genesis 48, verse 1 and 2. After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is healed, is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. Your son Joseph has come to you. Your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. A man who has been ill, who was not able to lift up himself, as soon as he heard that Joseph, his son, has come, put himself together, woke up, rose up from the bed. He was ready to bless his son. He had a unique strength to bless his son. And that is one lesson that when would God call you his son or his daughter? When are you being referred to as a son or as a daughter? You must be honorable. You must be obedient. You must be submissive. You must exhibit the fear of God in your going out and your coming in. The language of your mouth, what flows out of your belly, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living waters. So these are qualities that Joseph possessed. And even in trial, in challenges, in difficulties, Joseph maintained honor, respect. And so his father recognized that and was ready to live and keep life until he blessed Joseph. Now, in blessing, Jacob did something very interesting. Verse 3, Genesis 48, verse 3. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Laws in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. Hmm. Here, you see, Jacob, wanted to bless Joseph, but he started by narrating his life, his relationship with God, what God gave to him that he's about to pass on to Joseph. What God gave to Abraham, that Abraham passed on to Isaac, and Isaac passed on to Jacob. Now Jacob is about to pass that blessing on to Joseph. Life is a baton, is a race, the human race. And one thing that intrigues me one more time is that God released a blessing onto, onto mankind in the beginning of age. 
And when Noah pleased him, God repeated that blessing upon Noah. When God called Abraham, God repeated that blessing unto Abraham. When Abraham got to a certain time in his age, he passed on that blessing to Isaac. And God also visited Isaac and passed on that blessing to Isaac divinely, repeated that saying, that same language, that same message. <clears throat> that same message, excuse me, was passed on to Isaac by God himself. Now, Isaac passed on the blessing to Jacob. God visited Jacob and repeated the blessing again. This is where God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is where God does not change his mind. This is where God is a covenant-keeping God. He gave the covenant to Noah. He repeated the covenant to Abraham. He repeated the Abraham reminded, uh, uh, passed on the covenant to Isaac, and God himself came and repeated it again to Isaac. Isaac passed on the covenant to Jacob, and God visited Jacob and passed on the covenant to him. Three generations of passing on. What has God said? God does not change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A mango tree does not produce oranges. And a mango tree does not change its location. Filipino mango is still Filipino mango. Even if you pluck the mango seed and bring it to Jamaica, it is still Filipino mango. There are things that are considered the nature of God, the attributes of God that does not change. And this is why keep is necessary. Keeping, maintaining what has been given, sustaining. So we have the covenant. How do we keep the covenant? By knowing the commands the instructions, the guiding principles, which we were studying on Sunday. For an organization is a policy. For a nation is a constitution. For an individual is a principle. For a church and Christian organization, it is a doctrine. So the same rules and regulations that is given as commandment is also given to learning institutions as rules and regulations. So we need to keep. So Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he goes again, if you love me, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. That is learn, steady to show yourself approved unto God. Like a workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. If we don't study, we cannot divide the word of truth. How do we divide the word of truth? It means that at every point in our life, day-to-day -day affair, we have to divide the word of truth. When do I say? When do I not say? When do I do? When do I not do? That is learning how to utilize the word of God. Learning how to apply the word of God to our daily endeavors, our going out and our coming in, our eating, our drinking. What should we eat? What should we not eat? What should we drink? What shouldn't we drink? All these are part of application, which is rightly dividing the word of truth. So because Joseph presented himself honorable, you can see that now Jacob wants to hand over the baton of life, the baton of the covenant. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jacob is going to hand over the baton of the covenant to Joseph. And in Genesis 48, verse 4, he says, uh, from verse 3, And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at laws specifically in a particular place in the land of Canaan and blessed me, and blessed me, and blessed me, and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply. That is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Be fruitful and multiply. And then Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 to 5 be fruitful and multiply. And now we are hearing it again. The Lord said the same thing to Abraham, to Isaac, and now to Jacob. And now I am saying it to you also. Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply and multiply you. And I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession, everlasting possession. You see how every nation is trying to take that possession from Israel? Very small land that Abraham bought. Everybody wants it. Everybody, the Arabs want it. Iran wants it. Iraq wants it. If you give Russia a chance, Russia will go there and possess it. So everybody wants that blessing, but it has not been given to them. 
So Jacob blessed Joseph and also blessed his two sons. So this blessing is a generational blessing that was passed on from Jacob to Joseph and his two, son, his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And in blessing Ephraim and Manasseh, oh, there is a statement that Jacob made that is very in interesting. That is verse five, six, and seven. And now your two sons, that's verse five. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simon, San Simeon, are mine. Mm. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. You see, hmm, the danger of disobedience. Reuben offended his father. We didn't see anywhere he made up. What were the offense? We have said it over and over, but I'll remind you. The offense of Reuben, one, the incest, slept with his father's wife, Bilhah. Number two, his offense. Lie. When his brothers lied about the whereabouts of Joseph, he did not. He did not uh, 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 expose them. He might not have said anything, but he knew his father was in pain for almost 30 years, and he never ever said the truth. You know, the way lie is handled, we all, including me, have to be very careful. They wanted to kill the boy. He defended the boy and said, don't kill him. They threw the boy into the pit. They sold the boy. He decided not to put his hand in it. But when they were lying to the father, why didn't he say no? The boy was sold into slavery. Why didn't he say no? The boy was thrown into a pit. Why didn't he say no? He's the firstborn. So that was where he became the firstborn of wickedness. He knew what happened but he never stood by the truth. He stood by deception. I always say this and I'll repeat it. We must be careful not to be firstborn of wickedness and evil. We must be firstborn of righteousness and truth. When somebody comes to you to complain about somebody else, to accuse somebody, to say something about somebody before you believe it, investigate it to yourself. 
investigate it yourself. Otherwise, despite the fact that if you listen to the qualities, I will be doing the qualities of each of these children as we go on. If you listen to the qualities of Ruben, oh my goodness, very intelligent, very, very rich, but one thing he did when his brothers lied, he supported the lie, aiding and abetting. Sometimes you support silently. Sometimes you support by not saying a word. Sometimes you support by ignoring. Sometimes you support by not, you know, correcting the matter. Aiding and abetting means you know you are aware. A lot of people have gone to jail for aiding and abetting. So we have to be very careful how we aid and abet, how we support people. Genuinely and ingenuinely, wrongfully and consciously. We have to be very careful. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter how you are related to the person. Ruben made that mistake. So now, Manasseh is being used to replace Ruben for the fact that he did not speak the truth and for the fact that he went into incest. Everything he did to please his father did not go down, was not accepted because the father was aching, was in pain, was in sorrow for so many years over Joseph. Then point number two here, he gave Simeon's blessing the position of the secondborn to Ephraim. What does Simeon do? Simeon also has uncontrollable anger. Anger, malice, strife. People who keep malice, people who strive, bitterness, people who hold on to bitterness. So Simeon's case was a case of anger, hatred, rage, bitterness. When he's angry, the decisions he takes are dangerous. He killed because he was angry. He killed because he was angry and he killed a man in authority, a ruler, a king of a nation. We have to be very careful how we manage our displeasure when we are not happy about something, how we take decision, how we make decision. 
because some of the decisions we make can be very destructive. Kill the whole ruler of a nation because he was angry, bitter. Two wrongs don't make a right. The man raped his sister, Diana. But instead of going to talk it over, he rather killed. And that affected his father. His father has to go into hiding. The whole family has to go into hiding. So these are some of the ways we have to learn, the, some of the reasons we have to learn the command and understand the command in order to keep the covenants. So when it was time for blessing, the blessing that belonged to Reuben the firstborn and Simeon the secondborn were transferred to the sons of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim. Verse six, and the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. That means Jacob claimed the children of, 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 of Joseph. That means adopted them so that they can get the blessing of the firstborn, the original blessing that is going into manifestation. Because you see, God gave Abraham the blessing. Abraham handed over the blessing to Isaac. Isaac handed the blessing over to Jacob. And Jacob is now handing it over to a generation that will go into manifestation. So the generation going into manifestation is a generation of Joseph and the others that followed him. So now, if the blessing is being given to Manasseh and Ephraim, that means they are taking the lead into the promised land. We were not told whether they died in the 400 years of being in Egypt or not. But according to reports, Joseph died. And Joseph, before he died, said, let my bones be carried away to the promised land. <laughs> Excuse me. So one very important lesson that I'm trying to bring up here is that we cannot cover up sin for so long. We cannot cover up our errors for so long. We need the knowledge to keep the covenants. And that knowledge comes from the commandments. And the commandment is the studies we are having. So that we'll understand the fact that when we make a mistake, we must adjust ourselves to be corrected. We should not despise correction because look at what the sin of Reuben and Simeon is causing them. 
they cannot receive the original blessing that belonged to them. So Jacob adopted them in order to pass on the blessing. So he said, your sons are mine. Your sons that were born to you in Egypt are mine. Which means that these are the people that caused me to suffer all my life. <clears throat> so at the deathbed, Jacob narrated all his pains, poured out all his pain. And this happens a lot when people are about to die. They say everything that has happened to them. They tell the story of their life journey. So verse 7 says, uh, verse 6 says, And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. So wherever the name of Reuben should be in the inheritance will not be Ephraim. And wherever Simeon has to be, will not be Manasseh. Hmm. Then Jacob went on to say in verse 7, As for me, when I came from Padan, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So here we can see that even in death, Jacob still loved Rachel and referred to Rachel as his wife. All in the passage, he never referred to Leah as his wife. He constantly referred to Rachel as his wife. And though Rachel has been dead for over 30 years, he was still mourning the pain of the loss of Rachel. He did not enjoy Rachel because of his father-in-law. So this is also where sometimes our love has been bruised. And when our love is bruised, what do we do to remove the bruise, the pain, the sorrow? So you can see that he was referring to the sorrow. He's so bearing. He's so crying. He's so mourning. And that is where repentance is very, very important. Leah thinks, so. Oh, I have gotten him now that Rachel is on here. But the man is still mourning his wife, Rachel. He's still mourning. So he buried Rachel before he got to the promised land at Bethlehem. Now verse eight says, when Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. 
he had blessed them or, uh, before he saw them. But now he's going to lay his hand on them and transfer. That is why we say when somebody is laying hand on you, you have to be very careful that the person is not transferring negative things to you, but giving you what is actually your rightful uh, uh, deserve. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him and he kissed them and embraced them. He kissed and embraced. Kissing is very, very deep. When you kiss somebody, you are expressing your love. When you kiss somebody, you are transferring your love. So if you are hurting and you kiss somebody, you are sharing your pain, your bitterness with the person. If you sincerely love somebody and you kiss them, you know there are different kinds of kissing. You can kiss on the forehead, you can kiss on the cheek, you can kiss on the nose, you can kiss on the mouth. So you have to be careful of who is kissing you and who you are kissing. For instance, when Judas wanted to betray Jesus, he kissed him. I'm not going to go deep into that now. But kissing has a deep meaning. We'll treat that later in another realm. But here you can see that Jacob hmm, kissed and embraced Joseph's children, which means whatever God has given to me, I am transferring it to you. Whatever God has blessed me with, I am giving them to you. Embrace means I will love you in life and in sorrow, in life and in death until eternity. That is why the marriage covenant is very powerful. Embrace. Embrace. Embrace means I'm holding on to you. You are mine. Unto eternity. This is where, when we are transferring, when we are giving, you know, we are treating giving. This is a very strong point of giving. Giving genuinely is done with kissing and embracing. Verse 11. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. Ah, hmm. I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your offspring also. I see you, I see your offspring. Hmm. Then Joseph removed them from his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. That means Joseph submitted himself again to his father. He submitted himself. He bowed 
he gave his father the last respect, the honor that his father deserved. And Joseph took them both. Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him. And Israel stretched, stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my father, my father's Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys. You hear? The God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, bless the boys, bless the boys. And in them, let my name be carried on. Mm. The kissing and the embracing. And in them, let my name be carried on. The baton be carried on. The promise be carried on. The covenant be carried on. The commandments be carried on. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. You are not just carrying the baton. You are carrying my name. You are carrying the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. You are carrying the blessing. You are carrying the covenant. You are carrying the commandment. Peter, if you love me, keep my sheep. Keep, keep, keep. Mm. Let my name be carried on. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. In the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, he displaced him and he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is a firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day saying, by you, Israel will pronounce blessings. Ah, by you, Israel will pronounce blessings saying, God make you 
as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Thus he puts Ephraim before Manasseh. God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Verse 21. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you. I will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. I want to encourage all of us. We have to be very, very sensitive to the word of God. We have to be very, very sensitive to what we are studying around this time. Because there are things that if we don't treat now, God forbid, it becomes generational agony, generational pain. I was giving you a story of somebody that I saw trouble was going to before. And I went into prayer and it wasn't going through. I went into the sexual prayer, it wasn't going through. I had to go to the court. When I went to court, of course, Satan was present with a long note and files that he had against that person and read through his files. One of the things that Satan said is, I can't defend the person because the person has ejected themselves from Overcomer's house, which is where God has given me authority to take care of certain people. and said so many things, and even referred to the fact that the person no longer supports the ministry. What? In court. I want to speak to everybody here, and I'm speaking to myself as well. To know the truth is to practice the truth in a way that God's name will be glorified. When you practice the truth, you are not glorifying nobody. You are glorifying your destiny. You are glorifying yourself in the presence of God. You are making yourself honorable. You are preparing a place for yourself. You know, once somebody did something and I was given a revelation where I saw that though the person claims to have been a Christian for over 30 or 40 years, the person did not qualify for heaven. And I'm asking why? The person has no cement and no block in heaven. 
because the person jumps from one ministry to the other. Every day, jumping around, jumping around, jumping around, jumping around. Not committed, not serving. Every now and then, offended, insecure, jumping around all over the place. Today, the Holy Ghost says I should be here. Tomorrow, the Holy Ghost says no. God does not deal with like that. Look at the sun. Whether the sun likes it or not, it is where God places it. And it's functioning how God asks it to function. Why did God curse the fig tree? Because the fig tree was not producing what the Lord has commanded it to produce. Look at the sea. The sea knows it banks, its limitation. What is your limitation? Where is your boundary? Where did God plant you? Where are you? Let us be very, very careful. As I go through the blessing that Jacob gave to his 12 children, each of them, the fear of God grips my heart. I began to thank God that before my father passed, he called me. He called all his children one by one and blessed each and every one. No matter where we were, he called and blessed us. And I'm grateful to God that I had that opportunity to be blessed. I pray. Some of us missed it because you don't know. That is why knowledge has come. That is why knowledge has come. When God will show me a man who has been in church, not necessarily overcome his house, has no block or cement, no mansion, no place in heaven, because of insecurity, running from place to place, don't trust the word of God itself. If you don't trust the word of God, how can you trust anybody? No fear of God. Beloved, I believe that this is a lesson for me and for you. Me first, my body, soul, and spirit my character, behavior, and attitude before you. This word is for me before you. I am checking my life to make sure that I don't miss heaven. I don't fail because the word of God is a guiding principle, is the rules and the regulation, is the policy. Our, our principles must be based on the word of God. Our, our policies, our belief system, what we do day and night must be based on the word of God. Must be based on the word of God. We must keep the covenant and we must obey the commandments. We must walk with the commandments. We must practice the commandments. We must make sure we are practicing. If I offend you, talk to me. 
if I have to kneel down in the middle of the road and apologize, I will do it because I don't want to miss heaven. My eyes have seen ministers who are great on earth who didn't make heaven. I am not here to mention them or to criticize anybody because I myself, I have to take care of myself. But I'm telling you, as I tell myself, let us learn to repent. Let us learn to forgive. Let us learn to be sincere, to be honest, to be faithful. I know this word is tough, but if I don't say the tough things, God forbid that the enemy should steal and kill and destroy our destiny. Before we ask questions, everybody pray for yourself. Let us pray. Father, I commit myself, the ministry, all those who are active, sincere, and honest overcomers into your hands. My siblings, my adopted children, who still believe they belong to me and the ministry. Father, I present them as I present myself. That Father, whenever you convict us of sin, of wrongdoing, of mistakes that we have done, that Lord, we will quickly confess our sins, repent, 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 repent. Mm. Repent, repent, repent. And dip ourselves in the blood that washes and cleanses. The blood of redemption, the blood of cleansing, the blood of purification. And that we will not go back to that sin. We will not allow pride pride to steal our destiny from your hand. We will not be like the fig tree full of pride, seeking fame at the wrong place. But rather, we will humble ourselves. Father, do not withhold your correction from us. Even when we try to run away, arrest, arrest our soul, arrest us, arrest our lives and bring us back to the cross. Where we will seek repentance that we may receive forgiveness. For without repentance, there is no remission of sin. Father, today, you have revealed the truth that we may know the truth and the truth might make us free. Thank you for the revelation of your word. Thank you for the understanding of your word. Thank you, Lord.
help each and every one of us to fear you that will not take your grace for granted and will not disrespect your mercy but will humble ourselves and make peace and serve where you have positioned and planted us so that we will bear fruit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Unmute yourself. Any question, please? Yes, Questions? Dr. Pauline. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we seeing here as how we have seen where um, instead of Esau be given the firstborn blessings from Isaac, Jacob got it. Are we seeing here um, where instead of Manasseh getting the firstborn blessing um, from Joseph's side, it was given to Ephraim? Is that what we are seeing? Yes. Yes. And uh, if you look at even the case of Isaac and Ishmael, practically, Ishmael is the firstborn. But God did not give the blessing to Ishmael. Right, because God did not, um, um, he was not approved of yes. Hagar yeah. and, um, and yeah, Abraham. Yes. God didn't approve it, so the child was also not approved. And then for the case of Esau and Jacob, the Lord had said it to them that the younger shall save, uh, the older shall save the younger. But for whatever reason, Isaac was not paying attention. And this is where mm. I am calling all of us that we need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. Yes. Because the word of the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. A mango tree does not turn into an orange tree. Right. And Filipino mango cannot suddenly become a Caribbean mango. <laughs> yes, we must all identify where God has planted us, the reason. God planted us where he planted us and the purpose for God choosing us to be in a certain place at a particular time. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. Thank God you, Doc. bless you. Any other question, please? Okay, if there is no more question, can we have reflection, please? Question or reflection, Sister Bridget? Um, Dr. Pauline? Yes, ma'am. I remember you said um, we should not despite correction. We should not cover up our, or hide our errors. We must learn the word of God and have the knowledge of his commandment. We must not 
We must not be the firstborn of wickedness, but the firstborn of righteousness. Whatever God has blessed us with, we should pass it on. I, I think I didn't understand that part, Dr. Pauline. Um, you said whatever God has blessed us with, we should pass it on. Is it to our generation or persons who we share the word of God with? I didn't understand that part. Right. There are various ways of passing on <laughs> our blessings. Yeah. There are various ways of passing on. Now, assuming you are three or five or seven in a family, Firstborn is not necessarily that you are the first one to be born biologically. But firstborn means the first one to ever gotten something done or to receive something. And uh, if you are the first that gave your life to Christ in your family, though on the biological line, you are the thirdborn or the fifth born. Yes. But the fact that you are the first to be born again puts on you the position of a matrix. That is the high priest of the family. So being the, 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 the matrix of the family, the first one to surrender your life to Christ, <coughs> whatever you do, must be done in righteousness so that you can maintain the position of the high priest of the family. That is the position of righteousness. So whatever you do, you are handing over or you are passing on whatever you do to every member of the family, including unborn generation. Whatever you do is an example. The same thing, if you are working in an office and you are privileged to be doing what nobody has ever done in that office, maybe you are the first to be welcoming your clients and offering them seats and everything. You have started to position yourself as a firstborn of people who welcome guests with love, embracing them into the company. So when you are not there and everybody comes, what do they say? Where is Sister Bridget? Where is Sister Bridget? Why are they calling you? Because you were the first to receive them. They might have been coming to that company before you came. But when you came, you brought a new style. You brought reception, you brought acknowledgement and you got everybody excited. So you become the firstborn of a good reception. So the day you change and you start memorizing and complaining, you have switched your position from being a firstborn of good reception and God forbid, 
to a firstborn of complaint and memory. So here, whatever we are privileged to be the first to do, whether by appointment, election, selection, or by any means, or by desire, whatever we are the first to do makes us a firstborn. So if it is bad, somebody starts doing, then the person becomes a person of wickedness. Because whatever you do become a precedence. A precedence means a standard everybody will follow. So if you are in a group and one person misbehave, because the person is influential, everybody start copying that bad misbehavior. God forbid. That person becomes the first one of wickedness. And that person will pay the price, whether they like it or not. Because repentance is not just say you, I'm sorry. But repentance is to make sure that you are able to convince everybody you have, you have destroyed, sent away. Everybody you have, you have, you, you mm. have confused. You have to go get them back for mm. restoration. That mm. is why we have to be careful of what you do in the name of firstborn. Yes. Have I explained to you or you are not satisfied? It's Dr. Paul and you have, you have explained it to me quite well. Um, can I add or you want me to stop there? Yeah, you can ask more. Okay. You said when God give us a goal, you said, how do we um, manage the goal? Is it that when God give us a goal, we hear the direction from God? Okay. For instance, when God gives you a gift, let's take it from a gift or assignment. Yes. When God gives you an assignment, you, it's your responsibility to set a goal. And you are able to set a goal because if God gives you an assignment, you ask him, how do I do it? What must I do to carry on that assignment? That is where your goal is coming in. When you ask, part of it should be you need to go to school. Going to school means you are going to learn how to do that thing that God has asked you to do. Like I was in the school of journalism and I received an instruction to go to Bible school. Why do I need to go to Bible school? I need to go to Bible school because if the Lord wants me to do what I'm doing now, like teaching you, I must understand doctrines. I must understand commandments. I must understand covenants. I cannot understand it by saying, oh, Holy Ghost told me. No. The Bible has already said, study to show yourself approved unto God. So whatever God gives you to do, whether an assignment, even to sweep the church, 
is an assignment that takes you to heaven. So you have to ask the Lord, how do I do it so that your name will be glorified? Not that so that I will receive praise. Sometimes when we do things in church, we want people to praise us. And when they don't praise us, we get angry and we stop doing it because they didn't pay, pay praise us. But what we don't realize is we either receive the praise from God or receive the praise from man. It's not a bad thing for man to praise us, but who will reward us? A man can praise you, but the man has no reward for you in heaven. So the goal is you, how you position yourself to achieve the purpose God has given to you or to fulfill the assignment that has been given to you. Am I clear? It's Dr. Okay. So your goal is how you position yourself to do what God has asked you to do. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. Any other? Oh, uh, go, Dr. Paul. Hey, Mrs. Oh, Paul. I got you on honeymoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> you came out of the moon? Yes, Dr. Paul. All right, so share your honeymoon with us. For Bible study. <laughs> okay, so you look at uh, Genesis for, uh, chapter 48, mm. and you said it's an interesting passage in the Bible where Jacob was about to die and he called his sons and blessed them. Abraham knew when he was to die, and he called his sons and blessed them. Likewise, Isaac knew when he was going to die, and he called his son and blessed them. You said, when we keep the covenant of God, he will allow us to know when we are about to depart this life. Because not many people are privileged to know when they're going to die. He said, but when we keep the, you know, the covenant of God, we will be able, the Lord will, you know, allow us to know when we're going to depart. Joseph kept the covenant God laid down before him and his fathers. The covenant has to maintain, but you ask the question, how do we maintain it? And as you explained to Sister Bridget, how do we manage the goal? You know, and you said goal is not literally goal as in, you know, uh, uh, precious, you know, stone or whatever, but it's, you know, goal, you know, that we set and now we manage, you know, the assignment or divine assignment that is given to us. You said the Bible teaches us how to keep, maintain and sustain the covenant. And an analogy of this is Peter and Jesus, where Jesus told Peter, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you love me, feed my sheep." So we must make sure we keep God's commandment. We must write down the, the word of God on the breastplate of our hearts. You know, and you instruct us that every morning, even with, you know, what we learn here in Bible study, we should, when we take notes, we should go over our notes over and over again. When we do our devotions in the morning, we should read our notes over and over again. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, we will not always have access to notes. Mm. So we have to try to, you know, like even when we read the word of God, we try to, you know, memorize, we study to show ourselves approved to God because there, you know, a time will come when we're in a crisis and we won't have our notes. But, you know, when we work, know the word of God 
we could use the word of God. And, you know, we see where, you know, Satan used the word of God, you know, in the garden um, of Eden with Eve, when he told her that if, you know, she, if, you know, the Lord said for them not to eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. And he said, if they eat of it, they shall not surely die. You know, so he used the word, but he added to the word, you know, did not. So we have to know the word to show, you know, study the, to show ourselves approved. And you also talk about, you know, the new age movement where they are discouraging people from reading the Bible. And, you know, like a lot of times the youth, the young people are not realizing that they're initiated into a cult. You know, they give them gifts like iPad and, you know, cell phone, some, some you know, even give money. You know, but when they take these gifts, they don't realize that they enter into a satanic covenant. You know, and it was very interesting because I was so um, astonished. Um, last week I went to, you know, the hairdresser to get my hair done. And there was a lady there that said she was a pastor's wife. And, um, you know, we were excited, you know, and, you know, she, we asked where did, did she have her church? She said she have her church not here in this country, but in, you know, in um, Nigeria. And as she went on to say that as Christian, you know, we wasting our time reading the Bible. You know, and I was like, what? As, you know, and I asked her, I said, what do you mean? We're not, you know, she said, we, we, you know, we're not supposed to be reading Bible. That's wasting time. So I said to her, I said, but I, um, I, I thought the Ten Commandments was to guide us into how to conduct ourselves, you know, as Christian, according to God's likeness and his image. She said, no, that's a waste of time. And I was totally, totally disappointed. You know, that coming from a pastor's wife. I was like, wow. I said, what kind of world are we living in right now? So, you know, when you said, you know, we have to study to show ourselves approved, you know, the things that people are saying to us out there, if we don't know the word, then that's where we will fall. We cannot afford to forget the word of God. The word of God will enable us to overcome the devil. After we hear the word of God, we must keep it. You look at Genesis 3, where the Lord commanded mankind to keep the commandment. He said, without the commandment, we do not have discipline. The word of God said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Jacob kept referring to his son as his, as his son. He kept referring to uh, uh, Joseph as his son. And you said, at what point, you know, will God refer to us as his son? As Jacob heard that his son was coming, he positioned himself to bless him. When we read, um, Jacob did something very interesting. Jacob wanted to bless Joseph, but he started to narrate his life, you know, prior to blessing Joseph. God released a blessing on mankind in the beginning of time. God passed on the same blessing to Noah, to Abraham, and Isaac. Isaac passed on the blessing to Jacob, and God visited Jacob and blessed him a second time. The attributes of God does not change. The rules and regulations that are given to schools and organizations are the Ten Commandments. He said, how do we rightly divide the word of truth? We must be able to hand over the baton. You know, and you use Israel as an example where you say every nation is trying to take Israel. Every nation wants that blessing, you know, of God you know, that is over Israel. 
Reuben offended his father because Reuben, you know, was his, uh, Jacob firstborn. And he offended his father. He went up into his father's couch, you know, he, you know, he, you know, incest. You know, he lay with his father concubine. He also lied to his father regarding his brother who was sold into slavery because, you know, his father thought Joseph was dead, but he knew that Joseph was sold into slavery. He was one that, you know, you know, said, you know, do not kill him. But then for many years, he, you know, he knew his father thought his brother was dead and he didn't say anything. You know, you refer to that as aiding and abetting, you know, lies. So he didn't receive the blessing of a firstborn because of what he did. Uh, you went on to talk about Manasseh and Manasseh was given the blessing that Reuben as the firstborn was supposed to receive. And Ephraim received the blessing that Simeon, you know, was supposed to receive. Simeon didn't receive the blessing he was supposed to receive because out of anger, he killed. So Manasseh and Ephraim took the lead into the promised land. We must be able to take correction when we do something wrong. You, you said, giving is done with kissing and embracing. And I didn't hear exactly what else you said about embracing, but then you said, Joseph gave his father the respect he deserved and honor before his father died. And I heard up to there, Dr. Pauline, and I'll stop there. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shall we all appreciate Evangelist Sarah, Mrs. Sinclair? All right. Yes, I said that um, kissing. Wow. My mind just Can I take it from there? Yeah, take it. Okay. You said that um, kissing is deep and it, um, it expresses and transfer your love to someone. You said that embracing means I will hold you until eternity. And this is how, um, this is an example of how they all pass on the button, pass on their name, the blessing, the covenant, the commandment. And finally, you said that we sh should be sensitive to the word of God. If not, we will be in trouble. Um, his words remind us that if we regard iniquities in our hearts, then he will not hear us. And our principles and policies must be based on the foundation of God's word. As the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you. That's Thank it. you. Assistant teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Sinclair, you got that? Yes, Dr. Pauline. Thank you so much, Sister Anisha. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Thank you very much. Yeah. Auntie Philly. Yes, Doctor. Yes. Go on. Yeah, I have a uh... Let me just come up. Yeah. Yeah, the lesson today was about uh, how Joseph handled the command, the covenant that was handed over to him by his co-parents, uh, by Abraham, that was handed to Isaac and Isaac to, to Jacob. And now we saw that uh, Jacob was going to hand over the, 
the covenant blessing to 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 Joseph. And uh, <clears throat> you reminded us that the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the covenant is our relationship with God, why the commandments are the principles, how we have to work to be able to keep the covenant. And from Genesis to Revelation, it's talking about the covenant and the commandments is how we have to study. We have to study, we have to acquire the knowledge to know how to keep, to be disciplined, to know how to keep the word of God and to apply it to our daily lives. And uh, <clears throat> why, why teaching? There was a question that came to my mind and I was like, okay, when you touch, when you touch on a, a Ruben, the firstborn, how he lied. Praise the name of the Lord. Hello? Hello, we are here, we are listening to you. Okay, my thought my phone freezes and <laughs> your voice has run away. This phone I'm trying to okay. So <clears throat> uh the one thing that struck my mind. So one thing that we make uh, God to speak to us before departing, uh, when before we want to depart from this one, because you reiterated the fact that uh, every true child of God, the one that keep the commandment of God, the one that honors God, that obeys God, that fears the Lord, that works in sincerity, that respected the laws of God, that God will always speak to them before they depart this uh, to, to make sure that they keep they release the blessings to their children. They also make their own way aright before they leave and uh, put things in place. So, but one thing that we make God to speak to any child of God that uh, uh, about their, their, their timing here on earth, their departure is when they, they respect God, they keep the covenant, they keep the, the, the commandments, they walk according to the principles that God has laid down for them, the work in the, in the righteousness of God. Uh, so <clears throat> the Joseph served God honorably. He kept, that is why Jacob was about to release the blessings to him. He had other sons, but Joseph was the one that kept the covenant that was handed down by God to Abraham uh, you talked about Noah, the covenant was added to Noah, and then God gave it, and, uh, Noah passed it on to Abraham, and Abraham to Isaac, but God himself came down to reiterate the, the covenant with, uh, with uh, Isaac, and also he did that again to Jacob, uh, when we saw how uh, from that Genesis 48 that we read, and uh, <clears throat> Joseph really served God honorably. He kept the covenant of God. He respect respectfully. He made sure that he did not break the covenant that was handed over to, to him by his forefathers. And uh, <clears throat> when uh, 
when when Joseph was about Jacob Jacob was about to release the covenant to the sons the, the uh, to Manasseh and uh, and Ephraim. We talked about Reuben being the firstborn, but the covenant, the blessings was not the blessing of the firstborn was not handed to to Reuben because Reuben sinned. First, he committed uh, incest, and secondly, he lied. And uh, there was one question that ran through my mind. I said, even though his father was, he knew that his father was in pain, his brothers were telling lies. It was in his place to, to let the father know that no, Joseph had not died. Joseph had been sold to it uh, as a slave, but he did not do that. And then the question that jumped in my mind was this. I tried to write it and I wrote it down. So uh, in my own way, so if, had it been Joseph or if, let's say, if Reuben had told the father, if Reuben had told the father that Joseph was sold to, Joseph was sold as a slave to Egypt, what would have happened? Would, would Jacob, Jacob, well, uh, I wrote this, what would have happened to, to Jacob? Would he not have interrupted the plan of God for Joseph's life? Looking at the other side that Joseph, God was working everything out according to his purpose, according to his plan and the assignment that he has given to Joseph. I was looking at it that if jo Reuben had told the father that Joseph was sold to, was sold as a slave, Jacob in his mind would have like risen up and said, oh, I'm going to Egypt to rescue my son. I'm going to search for him. And would that not have interrupted the plan of God for Joseph's life? Being that Joseph was sent there according in the background was sent there as a savior, as a rescuer, and also to, 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 to carry on the covenant of righteousness. So that question uh, really ranked me. I don't know whether uh, you can throw a little bit out on that. Wow. That is a tough question to answer. <laughs> it's a tough question to answer, but it still can be answered. One, okay. the Lord had already told Abraham that your descendants will be in slavery for 400 years. So even if Reuben told the father what happened, the father would still not have found him. Because, you know, the, 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 the way slavery goes in those days, any attempt to rescue a slave can lead to the death of the rescuer. Mm. So because of the uh, challenges that goes to the rescue, Jacob's efforts will still not have, have worked. Just like before Simon, Simeon went and killed uh, the ruler of Shechem, mm. their father told them not to do it. 
But after he told the family not to revenge, Simeon went behind and did what he would do because of stubbornness. So there are certain things that you might try to change, but you can't change the plans of God. There are certain things that will happen that we can't change the plans of God, but Reuben would have released himself from that, that heavy burden. That that curse. Yes, he would have released himself from the curse. You know, when uh, uh, Gamaliel, the judge in the days of uh, Jesus was about to, uh, to rule against Jesus Christ in support of uh, Herod the Agrippa. His wife sent him a note and he read the note. The wife said, I couldn't sleep all night. Please don't touch that man. Is a holy man. Yeah. After Gamelia read it, Gamelia asked for a bowl of water. Before the courts, Gamelia washed his hands and said, I will not be a part of this. If this man is a holy man, I cannot touch him and I will not rule against him. I will not judge him to condemnation. So you see, Gamelia released himself from the, 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 the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So there will always be a wisdom around it. It's better you tell the truth. Gamelia released himself. If he didn't know, he would have judged it and judged Jesus to condemnation. That's but true. his wife sent him a note. Whether openly or secretly, he read the notes and released himself. So to everything, there is a way to go around it. Yeah, how you handle your situation is left to you. And that's why we are learning. Like Jesus told Peter, you will deny me. But Peter found a way to repent. He didn't leave the group. He stayed. He carried on his responsibilities. So that is where one has to be very sensitive and very wise. Thank you, Doctor. Okay, I've answered you. Okay. Yeah. So the other, the other, the most of the theme that ran through this teaching tonight is for us knowing how to keep the keep the commandment because if we have to fulfill the covenant, we have to, we have to keep the commandment. Commandment. It, it is in the keeping that uh, we achieve the the blessings and how to we must know how to keep the word of God. And the word of God is the guiding principle to everything that we do. We must discipline ourselves to memorize the word of God, to apply the word of God in our daily endeavors, in our character, in our attitude. We must always ask ourselves, what does the word of God do in anything or in decisions we want to take? How mm -hmm. does that word affect our life? So I, the other thing that uh, I saw, Jacob, 
called all his children one by one. Amen. Just to bless them. That Joseph was, was called his son, and he himself also referred to Joseph as so that when even when he entered the room, they told him, Your son Joseph is here. And uh, that boosted uh, uh, made him gather his friends to sit on top of the bed to release that blessing to him. But before he released the blessing, he had to remind Joseph of the covenant again, how the, uh, the covenant was uh, passed down from his uh, foreparents and how God himself appeared to him in laws to remind him of that covenant. And he told him of everything that had happened and uh, the love that he had for his mother, Leah, who died. And uh, that pain was in him. So he had to release all this burden even before he was going to leave the earth. And uh, it is uh, one thing that I, I take out from this teaching today is that I have to be able to read the word of God, study the word of God, being in Bible study, not only coming to just read it, but studying it and applying the word of God to my daily life so that the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin, of anything that I'm doing wrong, I have to be able to repent immediately in order for me to be able to maintain the covenant that my relationship with the Lord. So uh, uh, this uh, today's uh, teaching uh, uh, takes us back, back to the word. We need to study the word. We need to know how to divide the word of God like the work we are writing dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. And when we, we study the word, we keep the, the, the commandments of God, which is the word that we discipline ourselves. Our generation, we will, we will, we will enjoy the blessing. The, we will enjoy the blessing and not only us, that our generation even yet unborn. Uh, so that is what uh, I gathered from the teaching today. Amen. Amen. Shall we all appreciate Reverend Felicia? God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. All right. So I guess everybody is satisfied for tonight. It may be a hard word, but it's better told than never. So I would encourage everybody, go through your notes. Either when you wake up in the morning, on your break, on the job, before you go to bed, write it on the breastplate of your heart. Hang it around your neck like a necklace or like an earring that we ladies like to wear. And hang it around your mirror. So when you look at your mirror, you remember the word of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, so take your communion. Let's, let's bless our communion. Meanwhile, Reverend Afiad, are you at work or you are home? Reverend Afiad, any announcement? I'm still at work. Okay, any announcement, please? Um, just, just for um, I learned that the usher, you're meeting with the ushers and the um evangelical team on Thursday at five thirty p.m. 
And then we also have um, family prayer on Friday at 9 p.m. And we have the finals for School of Deliverance on Saturday at 10 a.m. So everyone should endeavor to be there. Um, and we have our Christmas Eve um, service and our New Year service that we're planning towards. So everyone should try to make contact with their group leader. Amen. Thank you very much. So Thursday, the training for the evangelism team and the ushering team will be both in person and on Zoom. So those who can come in person, sure. Those who wanna be on Zoom, sure. On Thursday, at the same time, 5.30. God bless you. All right, so let's take our communion. Reverend Peace, are you able to pray? Heaven peace. Okay. Maybe she's at work. Okay, everybody, do you have your communion elements ready? Water? Or anything that you want to use as a connection tonight? Reverend Felicia, pray. I'm having problems with my phone. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Okay, Reverend Felicia. <laughs> Yes, doctor. Pray over the communion element. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before your throne tonight to thank you, to worship you, to adore you for all that you have done and all that you are doing in our midst. We thank you for the word of transformation. And we want to give you all the glory, honor, and adoration in the name of Jesus. Father, we come as a covenant, as covenant sons and daughters, as we lift up this element, our water, our communion before you because you asked us and instructed us in your word that as often as we live, we should do this in remembrance of you. Father, we lift up our elements before you, the water, the communion, wine, the bread that each and every one of us have tonight, we ask, O oh Father, that your blessings will be laid on it, that as we take it, O oh God, that every sickness, every disease in our body will be flushed away, every confusion in our minds will be flushed away. Amen. We ask, O oh Jehovah God, there will be healing of our body, healing of our soul, healing of our minds in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, O Jehovah God, that the power of God Almighty will enter into this element, that the power in the blood of Jesus be activated in our elements tonight as we take it and we give you all thanks and we give you all honor and adoration. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Shall we share? <coughs> Excuse me. Shall we share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the love of God and the seed fellowship of the Holy be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you all for coming. God bless you. And uh, all see you on Thursday and for everybody Friday night. Amen. Amen. Good night, sweet dreams.